Hello Mensa, welcome to Rambles in Perspective, a podcast with slightly strange people discussing random topics. With us today we have everyone except for Ziza and Shushin. So how's it guys, what's happening today? Nothing much, it's good to have the sun out though, which is oh, yeah. shorts can come out, which I love. Mm. Yeah. You know, this week kind of threw me out. Spring day was supposed to be all nice, bright and sunny. But then like the first four days were just gloomy as hell. Which made it even better. No, no Lolo, go away. It's 100%. supposed to be warm. <laughs> no. no. I had to go to work and have like raining cold weather. Did it, be, it barely rain in Victoria, right? Oh. oh yeah, it rained for like five minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was coming down. Your yeah. rain in Joburg. It, it was enough to clean the cars. Oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> what a measurement of rain. Enough to clean the cars. That's between wetting the grass and... <laughs> it's going green. Let nature clean the car. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, actually, Frank was so dirty, guys. Shame. Like, when I went to go get petrol... The petrol attendant washed the driver's window and the passenger window on the other side as well. <laughs> he just like, looked at the car, he's like, nah, right, you can't drive with this. <laughs> okay, what's this week's topic? This week's topic is something I found, which is AI. And we could talk about, you know, unplugging from the matrix and seeing the computers for what they are. The funny, okay, the good, the bad, the ugly, the conspiracy theories, and maybe some interesting talks around that. So what did you guys find? Uh, someone want to define it first? They don't find a good definition. So how to, like, define So AI I means artificial intelligence. <gasps> really? We're not talking yes. about Adobe Illustrator. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, Hi. it depends on, like, how you're looking at it. But I'm joking. I did look at the correct AI. I guess we did the wrong research. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I came with vectors and things. Yeah. <laughs> You're ready to design. How to add gradients. <laughs> <laughs> How to use the shape maker tool. Well, since you showed me the shape maker tool, I can, yeah, I keep yeah. using it now. Best tool, bro. <laughs> anyway, the actual AI we're talking about is uh, artificial intelligence. And what it means is it's a wide range of a branch of computer science concerned with building smart machines capable of performing tasks that are typically require a bit more human intelligence. You're reading. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's some, some crazy stuff out there. <laughs> Yeah. So what did you guys find? Well, like, I think it's also important to note that AI isn't necessarily, like, one thing. There's different types of AI, and it's applied, like, differently. Mm. So it's, like, mm. from day-to-day life with, like, your Gmail sorting spam or sorting updates, promotions, and your general inbox to, like, Sophia, that AI robot lady. So There's, like, a whole scale. Did you know Sophia? Sophia? No. Yeah, she's like the realistic-looking robot thing. Yeah, she's like one of the first AI bots that you can have conversation and like. Jeez. Yeah, and they gave her like a human-looking face, and she's like bald, and it's just weird. 
That's Why do you creepy. think it is that they like if they make a bot, they'd make it look like a human? Almost. Why do they always make it a female? Yeah, that's yeah. A because that's females it. are supposed to rule the world anyway. So oh, you can just like, now she has a passport. So, so she can travel. Yep. That's crazy, bro. Can I have robots <laughs> traveling, man? The future is now. Okay, so, so they describe Sophia as a social humanoid robot. It was uh, so developed wait, in Hong she Kong. Has a passport. Does that mean Trump's gonna build a wall just for her? <laughs> well, she's him. She was made in the U.S. <laughs> so we really oh, know what Trump's uh, done with her. Whoops, uh-huh. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like in terms of like these things, there's like uh, the one like AI, this is not a physical thing, it's just a virtual thing. She's called Hatsune Miko. Shushin, if you were here, you could help me with the pronunciations. But anyway, uh, this is a Japanese uh, AI singer person, I guess. And she has, she like has sold out concerts. She has her own like albums and stuff. And uh, yeah, so she's like an anime-looking figure. Um, what do other artists think of that? Then? Because you know, like how they say AI is gonna take over our workflow and stuff, and then people don't like that idea. Right now, it's going into the art industry, and don't people say no? That's not. Well, I mean, I read an article about how it will affect um, art and design. And I mean, for the most part, the guy says in the article that um, so AI can't do any creative processing yet. So something like a design in that <clears throat> it's simply because human beings ourselves haven't figured out how our creativity works. So we haven't discovered that how we go from reading or learning something to creating mm-hmm. a new idea. So like that Eureka moment. Um, so because we don't understand it, we can't teach that to AI. So he, in this article, he kind of comes up with three predictions um, for AI in design. He says it'll, machines will be used to enhance human creativity. So what he does, example he gives is how um, the foam, yeah, foam producers used a, IBM's Watson AI. Basically, <laughs> yeah. they fed it the movie and then fed it a bunch of other movie trailers um, and then asked it to pick the best scenes for a trailer. And basically what the AI did was picked all the best scenes, but then the editor still had to put that together into the trailer. So that's how AI can help the creative process. Um, Yeah, he also says it can... (laughs) It's like speeding up the process. Yeah. And then also his third scenario is AI could help overcome limits of human creativity. So in this example, sorry, let me just find that. Is Google's um, AI combined with some designer, I think. I can't remember the designer's name, I can't seem to find it. Um, oh yeah, Philippe Stock, right? Um, and not Google's AI, Autodesk's AI. They fed it um, designs of a chair and then asked it, how do you create something that a human can sit on with the least amount of material? And then it spat out a bunch of possibilities. 
and then the designers to get forward from there. Cool. Yeah. So that's how AI works with creativity. So that was just like CAD that it spit out, and then the designers obviously had to like. Yeah, great. See what. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, That that basically just speaks to like the computing power that us as humans don't necessarily have. So the ability to go through so many ideas in a certain period of time compared to something that's computing these ideas. We don't have the patience to do it. Or that, yeah. Yeah, but that's also our advantage because we have the ability to look at other ideas, something that's not related completely and come up with a new design in another field that's not related, you know? Yeah. Whereas AI will, whereas with the AI so far, all it does is like, if you want a chair, it looks at other chairs. It doesn't say, okay, let me see what they do in in aerospace or this something just makes me, yeah, yeah, yeah. This kind of just makes me think of the, the movie iRobot with Will Smith about yeah. the, the one robot that actually starts to kind of think for itself and dream about almost have like a human consciousness. And yeah. basically from that, if machines start to kind of progress to a point where they can either think for themselves or problem solve or uh, determine and make choices almost. It, it would then become an actual artificial intelligence more rather than uh, a tool that we use right now just to assist us. Because yeah. to be honest, I think right now, the AI that we currently have, it's not advanced enough to say it's artificial intelligence. It's more of a, yeah. a, a stepping stone or progress stone to assist us in different facets of like manufacturing or digital work or sorting data and things like that not not necessarily because uh open ai has a thing called uh jukebox and they are able to feed the ai like different genres of music and it's able to recreate so like let's say you feed it a bunch of music and you would like to hear i don't know taylor swift singing a reggae song it's able it's able to output a song that sounds like Taylor Swift, but in the reggae genre, which is something that Taylor Swift wouldn't have done, just based off of the information that you feed it. And if you go to the like OpenAI Jukebox website, they have a bunch of samples of like artists that they've already like. Uh, how do you, I don't know how to say it, like a switched genres with or made up new lyrics for that specific person, which is super interesting yeah. for like when someone like yeah. dies, like 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 Michael Jackson dies, and then he's still able to make music after his death, which is super yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's kind of like that Black Mirror episode with Miley Cyrus, where she dies while she's like a singer in the episode, and then her aunt basically like put, tries to kill her, and she's in a coma, and they keep making music from like her brain waves and stuff, and then yeah. they do this whole like AI thing, and she keeps having like concerts, but it's like this holographic version yes. of her that's like yes. dancing and stuff. Yeah, and with the lockdown thing. They've been having, they, I think there's, a, I'm not sure what the company is called, but they've been doing like holog, holog, I don't know what the holographic um, concerts and things are, are currently happening uh, I don't know, in the world right now with, uh, I think one of the singers that passed away, she's a, she's a female. What am I saying? <laughs> uh, uh, let me see if I can find what her name is. And then I'll yeah. Well, on that point also, there was an AI where they fed it um, 
post-realism art and it came out with the actual painting that sold for $432,000. All I'm saying is who got paid. I mean, I'm assuming the creators of the AI. Yeah. So that's what he's basically, that's also the point they're making a lot is that with creativity and making, unless you feed the AI something, it's not going to think for itself. It's not going to think, I want to create music or I want to create an artwork now. That's what I was going to try and get. So if you don't put an input in, you can't get something out. So it's not kind of like that idea of thinking it for itself. It's just uh, taking something and then adapting it or changing it based on variable kind of inputs or data that you feed it again. Yeah. Yeah. Which is super weird. Because like that's how they do the, I guess that's how they do the the artist changing genre thing is Mm -hmm. they feed it specific information and then they just tell it to do something else instead of just going down the same line. Yeah. I mean, technically aren't humans then also like that? Because unless you get taught art or exposed to art, you're never going to think, let me paint. In a way. How do people do that from the beginning? Yeah, I think some people do. I think that like something like art is, yeah, you can be taught how to draw, but I think for some people it comes more naturally where they just like naturally really good at drawing and interpreting, like taking things from like seeing it into drawing it. Um, Whereas with other people, yeah, with like fewer people, you have to like actually teach it. Yeah. So then is... (laughs) So then creativity is one of those fields that I think you're born with, I guess. Unlike where accountant has to learn for four years how to put numbers in a column. But isn't there, like, there's a, there's a little bit of a kind of a contrast with that because, for example, something that's visually appealing to, let's say, an artist or a designer, there's, there's somewhat an aesthetic that's pleasing about something that's very symmetrical or shapes that are very geometric, for example. And an AI can easily output this geometric forms or, or, or shapes or something like that, like a golden ratio kind of something. You can work off that degree of uh, input and then design something or output something that a human wouldn't necessarily be able to. So in itself, it's yeah. a form of artwork, but it's something that a human wouldn't be able to either output or make because we don't necessarily have that. But then wouldn't the, the, the creativity be from the, the, the human, person, not from yeah, the, AI. the yeah. person setting the parameters? Because they're yeah. like, like I just, for instance, this is probably a boring art piece, but like a square that gets like patterned into a circle 20 times. That's like, maybe to draw it would be like difficult. Not that it would be, but I'm just saying maybe it would, could be difficult. And the, the AI does it faster and better and maybe more symmetrical but the 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 parameters are still set by the human being so doesn't that creativity come from them and not the ai parameters can be set but wouldn't it still be like a happy accident because yeah okay fine we set parameters but things happen like with ai itself Uh, ai unless you unless it's gotten that human ability to think completely on its own it's not going to go outside of what you set it to do so if you set it to look at, for example, that one that did the painting, to look mm-hmm. at only post-modern or something, what it was, paintings, it's only going to look at those. It's only going to search the internet for that term. It's not going to suddenly look at um, modern-style painting or realism. 
So then what about if you did something abstract? Because if you said, if a, you ask an AI to follow an abstract painting and it does something abstract, is it really uh, artwork? No, because then it's not looking at abstract, what humans have done in terms of abstract. It's not like thinking what is abstract. It's looking at human like, definitions. I think, yeah, I think what Ryan is saying is like, if you, if you feed the AI abstract paintings, it's not going to paint a realism painting. It's going to paint an abstract painting. Whereas yeah. if you paint, if you give the same stimulus to a, a human being, they still have the yeah. possibility of doing that realism. Yeah. A human being is going to search for abstract, but they might come across a realism painting and think, I could incorporate that somehow. Yeah, yeah, there's a set fast rule of unpredictability. Yeah, only doing this one thing. Yeah, like think about okay. it. Like for example, in last year when I was doing my thing, my baby carrier, I didn't just look at baby baby protective products. I started looking at other stuff to find ways where I could take protective elements from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, the seat and things like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That feeds into the other th music thing where I think it's called Ava. <laughs> what they do is you f they feed this AI a bunch of classical music and now it's able to output original never before heard scores and yeah. some people use it in movies and stuff Jeez. you can license the AI and it will output music for you we should which license is like, it for this podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah which is super interesting for like uh, like from a like creative point of view because you go to an artist they work on the song or score for like a month and then you're like, I don't really like it. Then I need to spend like another month maybe tweaking it. Where with this AI, it's probably like a couple of hours and you can get something that you want. Yeah. And then change it. So what's the like ethics around, not ethics, like moral dilemma, I guess, around that maybe? I don't know. Well, I mean, you're taking away someone's job. <laughs> are you taking away from someone's job or are you actually assisting them because technically if they know what was describing you taking it away completely Which, with that you paying the people that made the AI. so yeah. you're not taking a job away you giving it to someone else yeah you're it's finding true. a better suited person to yeah, do but for you. Are you because remember if you uh, previously when they created music scores they would it would be a whole orchestra yeah. suddenly it's one machine and one person who just says clicks a button create you don't need 10 other people behind that person to help press the button you need one yeah that means yeah. that whole orchestra that once existed is now gone yeah but that speaks to a whole generation and an era of people that no longer play musical instruments or have any idea about classical background music it goes all the way to digital stuff and how easily available it is to us because it's not an instrument anymore it's a it's 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 all digital and available to us to play in the easiest understandable form but like what i imagine if you look like our furniture now in our furniture side you can get stuff mass produced using machinery but then there's still a need for handcrafted wood pieces and um handmade products yeah, but that's so, just because our machines haven't kind of advanced to a point where they can do certain curves or cuts that only a human could control. Once mm -hmm. we create something like 3D printing for wood, there's no point so in handcraft because that 3D print 
will do anything. So then is, 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 is it taking away a job or is it making the other job a little bit more like desirable and like, um, not desirable. Um, instead of like demeaning it, it's kind of putting it on a pedestal where it's like, if you want like something that no one else has, then you go to this guy. But if you want something that sounds the same or looks the same, then you go to this. Yeah, but humans aren't going to go to that guy who's going to take a month to produce a furniture piece when they can go to the one who can deliver it in two weeks. That's the whole reason why Amazon and take a lot out what they are today because I can order now and I can get it tomorrow or two days. Yeah. We want things now. That's why AI will replace all those long-term systems but there is still a demand for for example like handcrafted quality products that take a certain period of time there's a certain something about them that people do appreciate yeah i think it's yeah. more suited to an older generation though yeah i feel like our generation the generations below us are more of like not so much stuck in the not physical realm maybe it's not but like people will be moving more often people don't want to have like a really heavy dining room table they're just going to go for like a cheaper option that's like maybe going to last yeah. them long but it's instant it's quick and it's sorted like yeah. yeah there isn't this kind of like tie to having the handcrafted and the the yeah. special items well that's just my opinion yeah but i think you can also see that switch for like when we were at varsity in our first year we were pushed to hand make everything in the workshop. Suddenly the next yeah. year and the next year, they all were just yeah. sending their things out and it was just no like, chain. yeah. I mean, just for example, if you think about it as a, from a car manufacturer point of view, someone like Rolls Royce, they have so many automated machines that put together the, the entire body, their vehicle, their structure. But the end component of, for example, is that painting onto the vehicle which is still done by hand it's it's a it's a certain craft or a certain uh, quality that they, they they do by hand so maybe even a mixture of the two ends up giving a quality product or a different level of quality of the accuracy and preciseness of an ai that can do everything down to the point one of a millimeter and maybe the irregularity of someone's handcrafted or touch basically to a piece or a product yeah how rolls race is also maybe <laughs> i mean how many cars do they make a year like 500 or something like that yeah but still it's a luxury product no everyone sees it as a luxury product yeah but that's because of a brand they've built over years and the only reason why the company like rolls race where they actually still hand make things the only reason why they're still able to do that is because they're owned by a bigger company like VW. I think they own VW. Yeah. Um, and because of that, they can sell their cars at a loss and take that time because VW offsets that. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Whereas if you're a small-time guy who's now coming in and you want to hand-make cars as they used to be made, you're not going to make money. You're going to go out of business within a year. But you see, that's from an economic point of view. I'm talking about the product. As a product, it's still a desirable product to a lot of people. Yeah, but that's just good marketing. To a lot, also like not all. 
Because if you look at the way the cars are going now, how often do you see people wanting to have a big, fancy car? There's so many cars being produced with these teeny tiny little things that look like they're going to get blown over in the wind. <laughs> like, there's a big move towards that as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I say, like, I think the generational shift is, like, I don't know. Just the difference between, like, generations. It's like, I guess that, like, we're materialistic, but in a different way to, like, the way people were. Back in the day, like, you bought a home and people stayed in that home forever. Whereas now, like, people are more on the move. There's this shift to having, like, not working from home, but having, like, then the, um, what's it called? The offices that you share. Oh, shared workspaces. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, people working from wherever they are, not from, like, tied to a building. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Yo, my brain feels broken today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it makes sense. Um, yeah, because what I was looking at, because I watched a documentary, and they had, like, an old presenter guy. And they were, like, framing how, like, Google didn't want people on their premises to, like, see all the tech and stuff because they're, like, doing bad things and, like... Talking about how, like, because you know, there's an Amazon store where um, you just have the app and you take the items and it tracks what you take. And when you leave, it comes off your account. Yeah, yeah. they stole from China. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he was saying how, like, he feels like um, he's shoplifting and that everyone's going to feel like they're stealing from the store if they do that. <laughs> but that's just like an older person's opinion, if that makes sense. Huh. Like, back yeah. in the day, you didn't just walk out the store, whereas now, like, they've actually made your life a little easier, but you're just grabbing your stuff and going. Oh, yeah, I've seen those. Like, the, the RFID hmm. stores? Yeah. 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 I think the Catalan, yeah, in South Africa do something similar, but you don't just walk out. They drop it in the basket and it scans. So they don't have to scan the barcode. They just drop your item in, in the basket and then picks it up. Yeah, yeah, in Europe, they don't have the tillers. Yeah, they just, in, China, drop it through, pay. in China it works through WeChat. Yeah. Everything mm. works through WeChat apparently. Yep. Yeah. It's its own little system and it they don't carry money anymore. It's really like I don't know. Like for me it's a super desirable thing to have like everything based off of one app. Yeah. And life yeah. so simplified. Minimal human interaction. I don't know how I feel about interacting with robots. But minimal human interaction because I feel like there's less room for awkward things to happen. Because <laughs> like yeah. a human, you're both weird. <laughs> a robot's not gonna pick that up. <laughs> yeah, but see, doesn't that then take away your memories, your everyday memories? Because you yeah. remember a day going on because of that awkward interaction or, the, or speaking to someone who asked you how your day was was actually yeah. cheerful. Yeah. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. I mean, right. have you have you guys watched the movie Her? Yeah, yeah. it is her, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in that way, you can, yeah, like people are creating memories; they're having interaction, even if it's with something that's not physical. But do you not think that, like, um, that taking away of human contact will sort of increase anxiety and depression, as like sort of cell phones have? And yeah. society yeah. where everyone's like constantly on their phone, like there isn't like all that human contact as much as it used to be. I guess, but the AI is framed to be like human contact. There's like conversation, there's company without like physical company, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I mean, 
they're also using the AI for like old age homes to bring that interaction in where there's no one else, if you know what I mean. So they, they're making the AI react to situations. Yeah, I mean, like, especially in COVID times, if you can't, like, let's say in an old age home, you can't have people visiting you. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, let's be honest, like, if you go to a mall and there's an AI machine or robot there, if you have some level of intelligence, you know that it's been programmed. So when it asks you how your day was or how you're doing or starts a conversation, you know that's not genuine. You know it's been told to do that. Whereas with a human being, if someone says it to you, it's more like genuine, more like, you know. But I, think, I feel I like think... maybe not because like if you do go to a shop, like people do greet you still. Do they greet everyone? Yes. You yeah. know? Is that like genuine or is that just part of the job that they do to create interaction? I don't know. It's Yeah, I think it's, it's something new. So like at the beginning stage is going to be weird. But I think like eventually it's going to become the norm. Like how I think in the previous podcast, Danny was saying how kids do the whole face to the, I mean, palm to the face for calling where we mm. used to do the... I don't know what the fingers are called, the thumb and the other finger. A telephone. Uh, the telephone. <laughs> <laughs> so like, it becomes like the norm where like, you see kids now running around with like iPads in their hands where I used to run around with like stones in my hand. <laughs> so like... To play with, we hope. Yeah, to play with. I think that I so, can understand that it would become a norm and like people would just naturally get used to it. But I think that I still struggle to sort of see how even though it's the norm to like just be surrounded by technology and have these like technological things as your companion which is weird um i I still think that there's like a certain element that's lacking of like humanness and like as ryan said like genuineness that even though it will like become normal it will still be some sort of like you know there's no like personal connection yeah yeah like even see that person is being told to greet you their next question or their next how's your day or whatever is less is more of an instinct or more of a you know i don't know how to explain it more of them just being nice if they're a nice human being yeah like i think that like sorry yeah no go i think that like even if you're having a conversation you can be having this like solid conversation with this robot there's still like a little bit that lacks in terms of okay cool i get that i'm having this conversation but like I still recognize that this conversation is being made to happen. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. not like Thank it's you. like coming from like, yeah. you know, genuine insights or trying to figure out something. Yeah. Sanjay? Okay. So on that note, kind of like the idea of uh, mental health and like the, the way in which certain interactions can affect people. Uh, interacting with an AI or an artificial intelligence can can somewhat be cold to a certain extent. It's like trying to ask uh, a Google Home product or a Siri a certain question. It's going to give you the answer you're looking for, but it won't give you necessarily the the emotional connection that you guys are trying to talk about as well. Like that 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 disconnection between emotion between people and and technology is it's going to make for more people to experience this disjoint from one another or from certain experiences and things like that yeah 
Danny? I think like, part of why we struggle to visualize what is going to be is because like what we have seen of the future is somewhat dystopian. It's not often that you get films or series released that show a warm, a personal interaction with technology. It's always portrayed as this cold, this like steely looking robots. It's, you know, it's never like we don't know what it's going to look like. Yes, Sophia is a human looking robot, but we don't know how AI is going to be incorporated into our lives. So like, for example, in her, it was just like a voice with the little buds, you know, like, I think we just, we frame it in a dystopian way because of the way it's thought about. Yeah. We don't actually know what it's going to be like when we get there, if we get there. Yeah. Yeah. I think it also comes down to like our reference right now. Cause like, if I have to picture me having a solid emotional conversation with my laptop, I think you would be freaked out. <laughs> is Siri not uh, your bae? Siri's my bae. No, I'm joking. No, no, I'm more of a Katana guy. <laughs> I, tried, Katana. I, actually, I tried asking Siri what she thought about um, artificial intelligence, and she just replied, with, hmm, I don't know how to answer that. And I was like, that's not very helpful. <laughs> like a simple little answer would have been cool. <laughs> but like, talking about like, like human connection and stuff, you, have, you get those like AI models like Michaela and Shudu. Queen. No, just not giving them normal names, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yo, what's Luckily, the she's got like an dad? ad. Her ad is little Michaela. She's got a she YouTube has... channel. She does she vlogs sings, and stuff. She makes songs. She's an influencer. Yeah. She she's just signed just with like... Prada. So she's doing like, I don't know, fashion things. Mm. And she went live somehow uh, in the fashion week thing and did like a whole tour and spoke to people and on her instagram she's got a bunch of posts like uh speaking or not videos um advocating for like ai influencers and like not to discriminate against ai and stuff like that so what do you guys think about that that's bridging the like this gap that you guys are speaking about like human connection and stuff there's no robot involved it's not an actual person it's just a virtual she looks like a real person so if you go to yeah. instagram and you search michaela it's m-i-q-u-e-l a yeah sorry uh, yeah a at the end <laughs> it looks real bro when someone still... sent me the link i thought it was a real person i was like wait this is not a real person because you can see that her face is really smooth and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. But yeah, and now so she's the like the main one, and then there's a bunch of like smaller ones that have popped up now as well. She but has like a, it's just a, a multimedia. Friend. Yeah, she's got a like best friend. friend. It's a um, multimedia team of I think ten people who uh, like look after this brand. I guess is what we can call it. But it's a person. All I'm yeah. saying is. To be sitting here advocating over AI rights, you just got invented, bruh. <laughs> no, but that's the thing, though. That the way we frame her is that she doesn't see herself as being in, like invented. It's like she, she, she's an actual person. They frame her as like an actual person with her own thoughts, her own. She likes certain clothing over other clothing. She gives tips on like makeup yeah. from this type of makeup over this type of makeup. So it's not like. 
the 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 connection is that human connection that you're talking about because it's got that unpredictability of a human being. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't sound like a robot. It sounds like a real person. But yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but on that, like the fact is that now you've told me what she is and she's an AI and mm. there's like 10 people sitting behind desks mm. um, typing code and like trying to make it into what she is. Yeah. In my mind now, I'm not going to view her as a person. I'm not going to be able to think, oh, that decision was made on the worm. Because in my mind, I'm like, someone typed code in. Someone yeah. showed her options. She literally yeah. just maybe went A, B, C, D, what, what. Yeah. Yeah. And went with that one. Yeah. But I think so I'm I mean, never going to feel that connection to her because all I have in my mind is there's someone behind her. Yeah. But okay, just to put this like into perspective, on Instagram, she's got 2.7 million followers. She's verified. And yeah, she but- states herself <laughs> as 19, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. Is a robot. yeah. <laughs> I just think that like, you, like an, an influencer as well like a real human influencer doesn't do things off the whim they do have things planned they do plan posts they go to fashion week and do tours it's not like she's not really doing anything too different from what an actual influencer would do you just don't see the behind the scenes or think about the behind the scenes of a, a human influencer if that makes sense yeah, I see. Um, and I guess this is also just going to like contradict what I was saying earlier on, because I just remember this video that I watched the other day where, um, you know, those like robotic dog looking things that yeah. people have created. Yeah. So I was watching this TED talk on this woman speaking who I think she like worked for the military or something. And she played that video of these like robotic dogs running around. And in the beginning, it's just like these dogs running around and then people start kicking the dog thing. And like part of you is just like, oh, no, like, whoa, (laughs) like, let's, I mean, that's not very nice, (laughs) even though it's a robot. Um, And then you start seeing these things like trying to climb up a hill and it's like a bigger one that's like really struggling. And you're just like, oh, no, you know, you want to like kind of help it up. And that's what she was saying about how like in the beginning when people see these sort of AI creature things, everyone's like, like, this is a bit weird. Like, oh, oh, what is this? Um, and then when something bad happens to it, like, even though that it's a robot, there's this weird, like emotional trigger. That's like, Oh, you know, like don't kick it. That's like a bit rude. It's a bit mean, Um, even though it's just like a robot. So I guess I'm kind of jumping ship on my point to sort of agree with what Danny was saying in terms of, (laughs) yeah, there could be an emotional connection that is made because like people are feeling sympathetic for a robot that really has no feeling and is made to like pick itself up off the ground if it like falls. Yeah. Yeah. Hi guys. Sorry, it's very really hard listening to a conversation and not being able to give my input. Um, so my my opinion is we kind of find it weird because we grew up in a stage where technology wasn't really a thing and then technology was starting out and we kind of like got used to it and stuff. But the newer generation that's going to grow up, they all they know is technology. You know, they're not going to know... I guess the process of deep frying a chicken, they're just going to chuck it in an air fryer and 
yeah things going to be done yeah. like they, they're going to grow up with that so they're going to find it normal so for them to have an emotional attachment to technology and something is so sterile and dead is much higher than what we would have and that is the future you can't say that our life is only the only sort of possibility yeah like the next generation will feel this connection to like robots and all these things and stuff i don't know if you if, if you guys have seen um vector it's like a little robot that looks like wally it's like mm-hmm. oh yes yes yeah. yes he picks up the like box yeah, yeah. So yeah he has like a little thing i'll send you guys a link to the video um he looks a little bit like wally he has facial expressions and stuff and when he talks to it it reacts so when you're like hey vector are you scared he literally like nods and his eyes go very sad like it looks oh, like this guy. a pet. Yeah, sorry. So no, I'm saying like it looks like a pet. So now people like me, I find it cute, so I will find an emotional attachment to it. You know, like yeah. it's it reacts to what I say, it does what I tell it to do. Yeah. And you know, you start developing that thing. So I don't think it's necessarily good that we will rely on it personally, but yeah. I, I I left in the chat that I think that we'll just all eventually end up like in Wally, the brown people that sit in chairs and everything's done for us. Yeah. <laughs> but on this thing, right? Okay, if an AI or robot is being created to be your companion, like Vector, or like Whale, I was speaking about the old age home ones. What about that um, dog one as well? Yeah. So those ones are created to be companions. They're created to show you these sad emotions but if you go into one that's like at a store or service thing they created to provide your service you're not gonna get that emotional connection or attachment whatever whereas if that service has been provided by a human being there's more likely there's gonna be a connection or an emotional reaction to each other but what if they programmed that thing to be interactive with humans yeah, and but like I mean... engage with you and compliment your eyes, Ryan. <laughs> what would you do? I'm not gonna believe it because I know it's been programmed to do that. No, but I think that goes back to what Shoshana was saying: is that because we're in this like generation where it's like a little, if yeah, kind of a sweet spot. Yeah, it's like the yeah the sweet spot where like you're okay with technology, but you're sort of not okay with technology. Yeah, uh, I think it will get to a stage where like. Let's say they, they they have the like possibility to like give all this emotions and unpredictabilityness and like have its own like thought process and stuff. He she has its own thought process or non-binary whatever we want to call the robot. Uh, but like for that generation at the time when that is happening, I think they'll be able to have that human connection. Because I mean, you hear the stories of like people marrying their phones and their like PC that they built and. <laughs> roller coasters like, and roller coasters and like it like i don't want to say absurd but like the like weirder side of like human thing they're like there's a niche for that right now where that will become the norm and everyone will sort of like adopt that way of thinking or whatever you want to call it yeah Shishen? so um when i went to japan a few years ago they had all these robots around the train station they just roll around with an iPad holding it like this. And then you kind of um, go up to this robot and then you like talk to this robot and they help you with tickets and stuff. As a person who doesn't speak Japanese, I felt a connection with that robot because that was the only thing there that could help me. Yeah. You know, like 
I could speak to yeah. them and it would automatically be like, oh, they're speaking English, oh, they're speaking Mandarin, oh, they're speaking French, whatever. And they would respond to you yeah. and teach you how to buy a ticket. Yeah. Whereas everyone yeah. there who spoke Japanese didn't know how to speak English and now they have to find someone who speaks English, you know? So, like, not everyone will feel a connection. Maybe the Japanese people think this is the most bizarre thing on the planet. But <laughs> to me, it worked. To me, I felt a connection because yeah. this was the only thing I could rely on in that moment. Yeah. So on that note, like myself and Lolo, when we kind of, we had this kind of experience when we got to Germany where we had our flight, our 12 hour flight, eight hour flight, whatever it was, we landed in the train station. Uh, we got told where we needed to go and we took the adjoining trains and we got to our town. Yeah. Uh, when we got to the town we were supposed to stay in, we didn't necessarily know how to kind of access the public transport and the, the the bus routes and things like that. And we were lugging around all our luggage and things like that. And we got to the train, or I mean to the bus, bus stop. And because everything kind of works so timelessly there, where, you know, the bus comes, the bus leaves, it'll be at the next stop in 10 minutes, it'll be there within 10 minutes. They don't like being held up because we didn't necessarily understand which one to jump on or how to get a ticket or which ticket to get. We, we tried to ask a few people around us, but obviously none of them spoke English, so they couldn't mm. kind of help us. So we thought maybe when the bus comes, we'll ask him, we'll ask the bus driver. And we were kind of in this awkward situation, holding our massive bags of luggage and trying to ask this bus driver, uh, we need to go here. Is this the right bus? And uh, do what kind of a ticket do we need? Or is this the right ticket? And he kind of just trying to keep to his schedule. He just told us, you know what, just step off the bus and figure it out. It's, <laughs> it's, it's your problem. It's not my problem. I'm just driving the bus. So from yeah. a experience of dealing with people, for example, that should be able to help you, it it wasn't a nice experience because like we stood there for almost I think an hour, hour and a half or something, just trying to figure out how to get onto the bloody bus and get to our house. Yeah. You see, a so, robot wouldn't be a dick to you. A robot that's supposed <laughs> to be there to help you would have helped you. Unless but a human can choose to be an asshole, whereas a robot yeah. program not to be an asshole will not be an asshole. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wait. Okay, another like human connection situation, right? Would you like, so they were in um, Melbourne, Australia, down under. They uh, released a AI, the first comedian AI. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> would you laugh at that jokes? Like, or would you be like, oh, okay, someone like sat down and like figured out a way to make this a funny joke. Like, how, how, how do you like go around that? Jokes are funny. Jokes so are funny. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. The, uh, the, the AI bot is called LOLBOT. I mean, you, you laugh me not at its jokes because it's not making the jokes. It was like it got fed the jokes or found the jokes on the internet through search. No, no, so from my understanding, it generates new jokes based off of like all the jokes that they fed it. So it's not that's, something that you would have oh, heard before. That's how from the AI works. It's like connects links and finds what's 
funny yeah. in the sentence. Okay, but think about your funniest comedians, the ones you enjoy the most, wherever yeah. they might be. Yeah. The reason why, like, for example, you enjoy Kevin Hart or Trevor Noah, fucking though, sorry. <laughs> Is, is language. <laughs> yeah. It's because how they tell the jokes, it's not just a joke being recited. It's they telling the experience, a life experience. Yeah. yeah. And there's a build up, there's a story, there's like this that that the a robot's not gonna do that. It's just gonna be joke. But I, I think sorry, I think that I could though, if what it's basing its jokes off or if that like personalization part of it isn't trying to be necessarily human, but it's being based off of the fact that it's this robot sort of thing. Like, you know, I was just made in a factory somewhere and exactly. look at me, I'm making all these jokes. Like you could even joke and say like, you know, you think it was complicated how you guys were made. Wait till you see like what went into me, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like yeah, it yeah. can have its own personal life story. Cause I think yeah. also like the way we see a robot is like Wally or like, I don't know, them old robots. <laughs> In the like, delivery sense of it, if you look at Google Deluxe, I think it's a, it's something new they're coming up with. We, it like plans your events for the day. So it calls like the restaurant and oh, asks them. Oh. Yeah. So like that, that way they deliver the words is more realistic. So it will, like the story coming across will seem more genuine, the joke story in that sense. Yeah. Do I don't know, man. I don't know do what you know, the life experience is going to make me fun of. My thing is with this the robot situation as a, as a, like a comedian is comedy generally tends to uh, sometimes you people find comedy in sensitive subjects. So generally somebody will get offended or somebody will get uh, a stereotype pointed out to something like that. If people have a problem with that, who's exactly to be blamed? Who's going to be at fault if they find insult from this computer-generated software program, AI, that kind of disrespects a, a group of individuals or aggressively stereotypes or is racially aggressive towards a certain group of people? But just oh. in the way that... It, okay. I think that's not like... Sorry, I'll go no, down. Just like in the same way a comedian would react, like you're going to have people that are going to think it's funny and you're going to have people that are going to take it to heart. The comedian apologized on that side. A robot can apologize, like, if that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah. But I think that um, that's one of the downfalls to AI is the fact that data and the data that already exists is a lot of the time quite racist and biased. Um, so, for instance, there was, like, this AI thing that was created for Twitter and within like 24 hours of her existence. So, so her like sort of trying to become more human was based off of other people's tweets. And within 24 hours of existing, she was already considered to be, hit, I mean, racist. She was a Hitler supporter. She was like this super neo-Nazi thing. Jeez. And that was based off of like society's tweets. And so I do agree with that, like with Sanjeev's point of, if a lot of jokes are based in like bias and stereotypes and racism a lot of what mm -hmm. the ai is going to put out is going to be problematic to which point you have to be like okay but at what point do we you know sort of either learn how to edit the data like the data being put in or like um just say this is like a no-go zone for ai yeah hear that it's bad but humans still do the same thing 
if that makes sense. Like you're no. asking a robot to behave like a human. And humans are shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, no. and maybe, and I hear that you can like get it to not be shitty based off of human shittiness. But I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> then I, I think the question should be like, yeah, people have a subconscious just to be cautious with what they say or how they say something. Like an AI is going to say that whatever it's going to say, the way it's going to say it. Whereas a but person humans can do the maybe same thing. think twice sometimes. No, they they can do the same thing, but. And most of the time, people will think twice before they blurt out something. Or even if they do, they'll try and justify or reason it out. Then let it just be a flat-out statement. I feel like, I mean, there's people high up in the world that have said some stupid things. Also and true. they didn't think twice. They said it. But then I think it also comes down to what sort of direction do we want AI to go in? Of uh, Like... Are we so okay with society that the fact that society is so problematic that we can sort of excuse AI being problematic? Like, don't we want that to change? In which case, the data does need to be rethought and relooked at. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Like, we obviously would not want things to go the way they do go. You'd want a better future. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, even like there needs to be a societal shift with humans. Um, so I do agree with having the data edited and topics left out. I was reading this article on just sort of the direction of AI and apparently AI is becoming very sort of like, um, anti-female and anti-race. Um, and that's because a lot of the data that's being put in is created by, um, white men. And so white men are putting in all this data with all their biases that already exist. And if you look at like face recognition, for instance, um, I was reading about this girl who, I think she's from Nigeria and she was studying at MIT, but she, they were doing like um, AI stuff in one of their classes. And she realized that the facial recognition was never picking up on her face because of her skin color, but it was always picking up on lighter people's faces, lighter skin people's faces. And so she did like a whole bunch of research into it and found that um, a lot of the data that was being put in was predominantly for white men. And so AI picks up white men's faces a lot better than it will pick up black women's faces. Jeez. Yeah. Yes, I mean, you certainly hope that in order to create something more futuristic and move forward in the future that people would... A, stop letting only white men create things in the world and be like, start off on the basis of equality and inclusion. Don't take everyone into account. Yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> it comes back to the whole thing of if it's programmed, it's never gonna. You see, the, right now, the early days of AI, I think obviously are gonna be some of the most important because basically we shape in how it will think and and obviously this ai that we create now will be used to create future ais blah 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 um, yeah. and i think if like lola's pointing out these biases have already been put in place in many of the ways it's too late to change that in many other ways these robots most likely will also become somewhat racist or prejudgment mental whatever so imagine a world with robot cops or robocop whatever I mean, if the white man, if a white man is programming it, he's going to program it to his bias of black people being more dangerous, more susceptible to great crime. 
So then you're going to have situations like we have now where Black Lives Matter, where people are getting killed by cops just for being who they are. Yeah. But I think, I think it's also like to say that AI, because I mean, we have been speaking about AI as it's like this sort of like one force. Yeah. <laughs> AI is like, it's got different facets and like different people coding. Yeah. And different people feeding in information. So, like, yes, there is that possibility that we could have a racist AI cop, but there's also that other possibility where you could have this, like, I don't know, 100% perfect cop. Yeah. Which is, like, we shouldn't, cool. you shouldn't say that because it's so bad that you shouldn't look at the other side. Yeah. And I disagree with it being like the starting point because, yes, it is the starting point for AI, but we've got a long way to go. So, like, to put in perspective, like, AI started with um, reactive machines. I don't know if you guys looked into this. But basically, like, the first form was, like, IBM's Deep Blue that played chess yeah. against... Um, yeah. Let me just get his name. Gary Kasparov in 1997 yeah. already. So that's reactive AI. That's the AI looking at something that is happening and reacting to it. Then you've yeah. got yeah. limited memory, which is along the lines of, like, Tesla... Um, like simple stuff so it can remember certain things and react to it if that makes sense so that's like where we're kind of at now the more advanced stuff is um a theory of mind so that's ai that is able to like emotionally understand a human if that makes sense to like and then react to that and then there's the self-aware ai which they say could even be like centuries away and that's AI that can think for itself. It can come up with its own opinions. Yeah. So at this stage, yes, it is bad that like a white male is maybe at the center of the creation of AI. But there's still room for people to program a completely like equal, happy AI <laughs> cop that doesn't like... I don't think we can like write it off now and say that it's going to go down this terrible path. I think there's still room yeah. for, Change. you know, for it to improve the future. Yeah, yeah. Like, how amazing that. would it be to have like a cop that doesn't have any bias, any opinion? Like, it just has the law that it knows, and if it sees a violation, it acts on that. It doesn't take a two liter. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. But, um, I think that like. That can only happen, though, if because like so I read that there was this like U.S. study that was done, I think sometime last year or whatever, that proved that majority of facial recognition that exists right now is like incredibly racist. And that was so the. Like implementing facial recognition into Mm. their like police force and stuff. Um, And so they were saying that they shouldn't do it because, well, already the U.S. police is like mad problematic, but like. AI would yeah, yeah. almost exacerbate that problem because of the current information that's being put in. Um, and so the only way that could change is if yeah. that data is being changed. But the only way that data can be changed is if society yeah. actually changes in terms of like looking at yeah, how yeah. prison systems work or like yeah. who's actually being yeah. prosecuted. So for it's kind of like stuff like that. maybe not now, but eventually if things like. Sort yeah, of. but my point is also that I'm not saying like AI was going to be bad and it's bad, blah, blah, blah. I'm just trying to say that um, 
like Claude was pointing out, there is biases and we need yeah. to correct those biases now in the yeah. early stages while yeah. we're in the small stage. Yeah. 100%. Because once we get to the stage where it can learn for itself, yeah. Yeah. it might just ignore what you input. Yeah. It'll be like, oh, I can think for myself. Yeah. This is what I learned in 2020. So I'm yeah. going to stick to what I know and I'm going to advance on that. I hear you. So that's I hear you. We make small changes now yeah. so that in the long run, those yeah, changes yeah. are so it's not like something. It's kind of like, kind of like, uh, like, how do they say? Uh, small leaps now kind of look like nothing, but if you look back at the, it looks like a giant leap. Yeah. 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 And yeah. So uh, along those lines, uh, it's like the, those Google self-driving cars that they had a, a test run that they did in the US in one of the little towns mm. where they synced up these vehicles to become little autonomous taxi vehicles to just drive people around and take them without a driver. So that's an AI to a certain extent. But on the other hand, the people in that community found this very creepy, for example, and they started to stone these vehicles and uh, damage these cars because they just felt like this was like some this was just not right. In all honesty, so, I think that's just crazy white old people. Yep. Yeah, so basically it works in both ways where yes, we can develop this information and we can create this AI technology and reset it and advance it to a certain level, but we also need to be ready to adapt to the change or understand what AI is. So there's, there's a, a growth that needs to happen both from the people's perspective and the growth that and development from the AI that's being implemented. Yeah. Um, but also, sorry, speaking about autonomous cars, um, I read this other article that was saying how um, autonomous cars or the AI for autonomous cars is less likely to recognize black people than it is to recognize white people. So there's a higher chance of those cars driving into um, people of color or darker skinned people of color than there is of those cars driving into like white people. <laughs> that is fucking <laughs> terrible. That's why they couldn't come to South Africa. Remember, we were trying to figure out. <laughs> no, that is that's that's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with on Sajib's point about people like stoning the cars, I think it also comes down to a generational thing. Like the Karens and Darrens of the older generation do not like change. They will happily sign up to Facebook and give the information, post their whack ass opinions, but then complain that their information is being taken. Yet they're completely happy to say how they feel about Trump or Black Lives Matter or what they'll say is all lives matter. Else. You know, yeah. but then they complain that Facebook is stealing their information. Like you're putting it out on a public platform. Just stop being a little bitch. Sorry. <laughs> Shit. So, talk, going back onto the whole AI cops thing. So, what do you guys think will be the consequences for AI? Like, for instance, right now, if a cop kills a black person, they have, we hope that they face consequences, um, either jail time or whatever. But now, what if an AI cop robot thing kills an innocent person what would the consequences of that be factory yeah. reset <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah i feel like those consequences should then fall on the company um that created the ai because your software should be capable to you know yeah. not have these sort of situations and so if something does fall short 
essentially you're the one yeah. that's controlling that AI. So you're the one that yeah. should like yeah. get the fallback. If it was just a reset, there's no emotional attachment to it. It's like, it's just a robot. It's like switching off your laptop. It's like, oh, my laptop froze. I'm punching it by switching it off. It doesn't. Jeez. <laughs> no, like it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't understand the punishment. If you went to the robot and you were like, bad robot, it would be like, Okay. I am supposed oh, okay. to feel weird, but yeah. I am a robot. I don't care. But oh, isn't but this the point of AI yeah, that, to make what, a robot yeah. think for itself to yeah. feel? That's what I was going to say. Is I think it depends on like at what stage of like AI we are yeah, at. Yeah, because we're talking like, about very advanced AI at the moment. Yeah, like is it self-aware AI? Because then you can't blame the company. Because then that's the robot itself figuring itself out. And yeah, yeah by the way, the... the, 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 the in many thing. ways, you still can because what was the company feeding that robot in its initial stages? Because nah, for it to uh, learn on its own, it needed to be fed information first. Not necessarily. Uh, okay. Depends. Yeah. It depends on the AI. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It, like, it depends on like, yeah, where, I mean, where you I'm are. Saying, like, when we get to that very advanced level that Daniel was speaking about, the self-aware. Self-aware, yeah. For them to become self-aware, they need to be created. For them to be created, they need okay, code okay, okay. and information to be fed to <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah. There has to be like a, a starting what point. information and what code was put in. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I get punishment I is the most accurate that if you create an AI okay. that has done something, so, you as a company... Yeah. Should so then, face the consequences. So should 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 do you think like okay this is going to like law and stuff but like should then those company disclose that information as like public so that let's say you lease these robots to become cops mm-hmm. then as public or society or whatever you're able to see what uh, what do we call it data information whatever those specific robots got and it's open to public to like scrutinize and if the public's not, you know, on point with whatever the mm. company gave this AI, then they can, I don't know, lobby to get a different AI, maybe with different sets of data and information into those things. Or do you think it's private? It becomes intellectual property of the company. And if shit goes sideways, then only do like certain people be, do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So I, I think on, on or based on your question, I think it should be made publicly available because that information, it directly affects everyone that that robot comes in contact with. Yeah. And on a second note, the idea of these robots being in, in that position, personally, I think that if it ever comes to that situation, robots should never, it's like that, that first rule of thumb. Uh, they should not be violent almost to a certain extent. They, they should not have anything that is a lethal force. Mm. There's many, many other options to kind of stun or kind of digress a situation or put someone down without resorting to that. I'm going to shoot you and you're going to die. That's it. That's, that's like the end result. Yeah. That lethal force of yeah. being a one and yeah. shoot and be done. That that I I don't think that should be even a consideration when it comes to mm. this kind of a, a AI, for example. Because if a if a robot gets shot, it gets taken to repairs, maintenance. It gets back fixed up and it goes back. Somebody gets shot in the leg or the head. Yeah, they did. They experience this for yeah. Ever. Yeah, but here's my thing, right? I guess you can program it to be not kill 
But if you ask a lot of, let's say, for example, people of color who like maybe live in the South America, I'm not sure, like I'm trying to think of a very racist place. It's not just the violent actions. It's that everyday life of harassment or just being judged or just being getting stares when you walk into a store. Now imagine you walking around and a robot is suddenly following you or watching you. That's worse than someone trying to kill you because that's suddenly mm-hmm. taking away your privacy. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. or like even how in New York, okay, I'm not sure if it's like only specifically in New York. I just personally heard about it being in New York, the whole like stop and frisk um, system where they mainly stop and frisk African-Americans or like black people, just people of color, but majority black people, black people. Now, if you've got that coming from like, or already racist police system, you're going to have all these robots doing the exact same thing where the people that they stopping to frisk is majority, basically yeah. all black. I hear you. But like, I think we've got to also try and frame it as that. Like, it's not going to be these pre-biased robots. Yeah. That like moving forward, like-minded people will want that equality. And yeah. that sitting yeah. behind the technology. Yeah, because I think goes like, back it's, to that. It's, it's not the reality now, but it can be for us. Because like our generations aren't in control of it. And I'm not saying like we're all like minded as a generation. But we would hope that moving forward that people would want to like not have yeah. inherently racist robot cops. Yeah, yeah. I think that comes back down to like feeding, like I think yeah, Lola and Ryan were saying like feeding the right data, yeah. and I mean I do think it's in our generation, and our generation seems to be the most woke at the moment. Uh, so like, I doubt, like I like I highly doubt that they they make a racist cop. Yeah. Like, is the possibility there? Yes, I'm yeah, not like blind there. to the fact that it's that, that it might not happen, right? But I'm saying that I think there would be checks and balances put into place. Maybe, maybe the information, like I don't know how AI like works, but maybe the information that they feed the, the I was going to call it a racist cop, but the the AI cop is maybe not based on um, police files and like existing information. Yeah, maybe it's like. I don't know, based on like rules, music kind of. festival <laughs> entrances or some, something weird. Like they, they're able to get the same amount of data out of something that's less racist. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. But like, yeah. Um, if you yeah, think yeah. of it learning for itself, then you say of the situation of it being around other cops who might have that idea. So if you think of that movie, yeah. Chappie, yeah, where the ro- the robot was around Kronomot, so he learned that method. Yeah, even so, I'm gonna speak like a Khalid, which is really weird. But... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, might and he did him. the. <laughs> he didn't even have a nose, but he was like. <laughs> yeah, your was a dope movie, guys. Yeah. So yeah. like, you might have a good cop. I mean, a good AI cop, but when it reaches that point where it's learning for itself. And then it sees all these other cops doing mm-hmm. this thing. I guess, yeah. It might bring. It might think that's all right to do. And then, yeah. You know, but then, those biases are from the environment and not specifically from the data it got. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. If it's like this AI. What did you say? 
what is this robot gonna do with a coke when he inevitably stops me at a for <laughs> <laughs> my driver's license or something? Like might ask you for petrol from your tank, bro. You don't know. <laughs> Get a so good. From me. I need a drink. Good auto battery power. <laughs> you need yeah, a charge there, bro. Or like a random piece of information. <laughs> like, I'm just like a robot on the side, like traffic cop dude, asking for like a jump start. <laughs> oh like especially in south africa like the process of even going to a police station because yeah. i went to a police station and they wanted a bribe from me to sign an affidavit <laughs> so as far as i'm concerned you don't need to pay yeah yeah, yeah. David signed. yeah. they literally just stamp it so they, they look at me to sign. and they're like, they're like, um, you shouldn't have signed this before you came here. And I was like, it's a blank page. And you just stamp it. And they were like, mm, but maybe your signature's there. So I was like, no, they're like, are you going to get us a two liter? And I'm like, no, please just sign my paper. Like, it's not that hard. So that yeah. was a robot. I don't know. They're like, can I have some battery power from your yeah, phone? Yeah, now there? what Waylon's saying, saying like, imagine that robot is standing there next to a seamless cop do that. When yeah, he's like, only on duty, he's going to do that same thing. <laughs> this is why it's like, it's so hard to like, to imagine because like, we're seeing it as the robots are going to get implemented next to humans. What happens if they just like drop a whole like area of police and replace them with robots so they don't interact with other policemen? I don't yeah, think they would do that. Then what happens? Yeah. They wouldn't do that. We don't know if they would do that. Like, that's yeah, the problem. I, I think the, the closest that we are right now is to have the, like, uh, let's call it by... Uh, fuck, I don't know. A lot of words. It's like, the same together. as like... Human cops and robot cops. Yeah, like, like human and robot. It doesn't matter. Like, cop, even, like, grocery... Uh, yeah, whatever. Shopkeepers right, or whatever. Side by side. Yeah, I think I think we're we're like in, in terms of like our maybe in our lifetime or maybe next three to five generations. I think it's gonna be like that where it's like robot and human. I don't think we that close. I mean, if you're saying that it's only gonna be centuries until um, uh, self thought AI be. is like could be a thing, then I think having like sections of society that's dedicated to robots i think that's like far in the future and i think we'd only get to like sections of societies being completely robots sort of like the zoo yeah. said mm. once they've tested mm. it out with like smaller yeah. ones yeah that are like yeah. just yeah. a little I mean, bit there, every to be honest, there we can we might even start off at a point where these ai machines don't necessarily take a human form mm. like you said it's 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 in a bakery you know it cooks your bagel or your toast the way you like it. You put in your ID and you have a specific way and it interacts with you but gives you what you ask for. It's a certain level of AI that, that's mm -hmm. more acceptable rather than these deeper issues in society that we struggle mm -hmm. with even as people. Yeah, just back to the, the her movie where like it, it might not even be like a physical person, it could just be yeah. voice or visual or the, the waiters in Back to the Future, where it's like Michael Jackson and like it's like a screen, like a TV yeah. screen with yeah. like a celebrity face. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you 
if they did implement AI now, you would never know. Like McDonald's, you go to the order, you don't see their faces, you just hear a voice. So you yeah, never know that yeah. it's there or not. Yeah, but you I mean you get attitude, so you know it's a human. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that's like the possibility of like AI <laughs> is they could have like a sassy teller or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Special mm. order. Oh, guys. <laughs> I actually had a special order happen once. Well, I didn't. The order was fine, but I ordered I ordered a crunch burger at KFC, and the lady turned around and yelled to the kitchen. She was like, "Special order!" My burger was completely fine. So I don't know. Oh, they made it too juicy. <laughs> no. Yeah. What's the final thoughts on AI? Are you for it? Do You're... you want to see it? Do you want to be alive for it? Like, what what are you guys thinking? The Final thing is, thoughts. we are alive for it. Like, we're talking about AI like on a really advanced level, but AI is day to day. It is like in your phone. It's in your email. It's yeah. I'm one hundred percent for it. The like, but I've got like a very utopian stance on it. I understand that there are going to be bad things. Like from what I've read, even people think of like weapons that have their own thoughts and stuff. And that's bad. It could go really wrong. You could have people making evil-ass robots out there to do bad things. But for me, I'm for it as like a societal advancement, but I have like a utopian outlook. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think I'm also for it, but I think it has to be coded early on in the right way and created without the biases. Mm. I feel like we need to allow more people of color into those technology areas or spaces mm. yeah and genders and, yeah also not just america because i feel like america is the only country that's leading it right now i think other countries need to start putting well, I mean, more money into it especially on african continent yeah it's between yeah, like, the asian yeah. continent and america where they have this this high or advancement enough or advanced enough to deal with this uh, yeah, AI. but I think we can't say it's because they're more advanced than us. We have the access to the same technologies. We have the brains as a continent. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, we just need to we stop. The resources. We do. We need the resources to have this. We don't have the facilities in order to work in yeah, conjunction. Yeah, what we end up doing is we go to them and then we Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. We, we outsource ourselves. We send ourselves to other countries where yeah. we create it. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying we need to create our own within the continent. And I know you say we don't have the resources, but we do. We can have access. America, IBM, when they created Watson or whatever, they didn't create all those parts on their own. They most likely bought half of that machinery from China. Yeah. And that's the reality of it. Yeah. I don't know. I personally kind of feel like AI seems cool and all, but until like, and I don't just don't, I don't know, maybe I'm just like super pessimistic but until society is a lot sort of what's the word more decent or less Less racist to put it bluntly bluntly less racist less problematic less less just everything yeah shit overall i think ai will never be completely non-problematic until society is completely to drag this out but is society ever going to reach that point could AI help us get through that point? No. Like, if they just introduced, like, a completely equal AI system, could that, like, 
remove no. some of the problems. No, because human yeah. beings, if we stop judging each other on skin color, we'll find something else to judge each other on. That's the reality. Oh, of no, it. like it's, it's, yeah. I think people have this like inherent need to be seen as like, yeah. being humans more are trash. Like, there's no doubt about yeah. that. Yeah. This is why we don't even deserve to go to Mars. We just need to fuck up another planet. I don't think we're going to make it on Mars, so it's okay. Let the people go. <laughs> that can be our <laughs> next topic. <laughs> yeah, my sister's like very pro apocalypse. She's just like, we just need one big apocalypse that's just going to like wipe out yeah. everyone on Earth yeah. <laughs> because we're all and just like, so shit. Sure. Maybe what will happen wipe. is AI will realize that oh. humans are trash. <laughs> like, there's going to be Nothing. one little AI robot. Sophia is going to come out here. She'll be like, fuck all the humans. It's going to wipe us out, yeah. and then there's going to be a planet of AI, and they're going to be super green. Yeah, I mean, how many movies are out there of that, where they just yeah. wipe us out, <laughs> and we become their slaves, because that's all we are. Like, we are the problem. We are the problem. We're the ones that are fucking yeah. up the environment. We're the ones that are shit to each other. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think, uh... I think if we don't learn from 2020... We will never learn because this year has been a real shit year with a virus. um, I mean, a pandemic, a big ass explosion that from stupidity of just keeping something we need to keep. Yeah. And all these little things. I think if we're not learning from this year, we'll never learn. Yeah. 100%. And on that note, I think we'll call that an episode. Thank you guys for listening. Um, You can find us. On all Ever get your podcasts. Uh, not here to say in at Rambles in Perspective. Uh, Don't and, forget to like, subscribe, and yes. follow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah, bye. Thank bye. you. Bye. Bye. Sure.